We are back. It is Friday, November 6th, election week. We are back on Under the Arch. Yes. Yes, we are. You going to hit him with the tagline this time? Sure. I, I feel like that's your, uh, that's your <laughs> Under the Arch is a joint podcast between Action St. Louis and Arch City Defenders, um, where we talk about the issues facing our communities and talk with the people fighting to transform it. And uh, today, this week has been very interesting. And so today I'm very excited about this episode because we're in a moment of history that's happening all across the country. This was the largest election day cycle in all of American history. We have watched, um, you know, nearly 70 million people vote. Maybe more than that. Maybe my numbers are actually off. Yeah, it's no, like way more than that. It's like yeah, it was the highest turnout in. It's like yeah, 90. like I think it was over sixty-five percent of the eligible population, which is yes. most we've had in quite some time in this country. Yes, and so this this federal election has taken place. Everyone has said it is one of the most you know um, important elections in a generation, and truly, truly, it is because the last four years. Um, have been intense. <laughs> I was like, what word? What word are we going and, with, Kayla? <laughs> and I think that this country, beyond who was at the helm of, of either political party or in the White House, this country has been in a reckoning for the past decade. Um, we've yeah. been watching the impact of um, generations and decades of social policies that have created racial inequality, um, we are watching social movements take up space and, and introduce big ideas from, you know, the Ferguson uprising to Trayvon to, you know, what now they call us the movement for black lives. But even, you know, the, the movement, the March for Our Lives and the climate uh, mm. change uh, movements mm. and Me Too and so many social movements are at the forefront of the conversations, politicizing an entire new generation of young people coming into the electorate. The demographics of this country are changing and that has stoked racial fears that have um, really motivated um, this underbelly of racism that we knew existed, but hadn't felt so overtly in a long time. Yeah. um, Tuesday, uh, three years ago, four years ago, we were wait. We all knew that this day was coming. Not only has it come, we're on the other side of it now. And so, how right. are you feeling about the election? Uh, listen, I'm I'm only going to say two things by way of introduction. One, you said it's been an interesting week. That's the understatement of the century because yeah. it's Friday afternoon, four twenty, and I am still over here on pins and needles. Like, and where I'm longer on pins and needles. But I'm, just, you know, I mean, um, I'm at the point where I'm just waiting on the DJ to play the song that I've been waiting yeah. on all night. I, <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. I want to party tonight, but then I'm like, what are we waking up to in the morning? You know, yeah. I have lots of questions. And yeah. um, so and that that's that's one place where I'm starting. But the other place I'm starting is like, look how far Under the Arch has come in, in just a brief period of time, because yes. we, right. we really have someone today. We brought someone to you today. And can I say, as a, as a as a person who, you know, does elections, I mm-hmm. I do elections, I do democracy, I do electoral justice. Mm-hmm. This cycle has been really important, and we, our guest is like history, not just yes. like it's movement history, it's local history, it's Missouri That's history, right. it's Black yep. history, it's women's history. It's all happening, and it really is a manifestation of the intersection of like movement um, Mm -hmm. and organizing and electoral justice. And I'm just so excited that I get you should introduce her. Okay, well, I'm ready because I know the people are like, all right, now bring her in. Always do We came here for her. (laughs) Our guest today is the one and only Congresswoman elect from the first congressional district of the state of Missouri, Corey Bush. 
Hi, hi, Congresswoman elect Bush. Before yes. carving three minutes off that, and because we're friends, <laughs> and I call you Corey. Yes, absolutely. On the name, because as of Tuesday night, it is yes. written, it is certain it's Corey done. is going to Congress. And Corey's yes. going to Congress. Yes. yes. Corey in the house. I don't know if y'all watched that show. When we were kids, but yes. Corey in the house. <laughs> so how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, I mean, you know, we we said what how big a week this was for the country, but for you, how are you feeling this Friday afternoon? Uh, you know, first of all, such a relief. You know, I have been running for office <laughs> since 20. I first <laughs> announced my very first race, December of 2015. Wow. I ran the next race and then I took off for about four months and then four or five months. And then I came, started running the second race and then I took off for four months and then I started the next race. So I've been running for so long. So it's finally mm-hmm. like there is this relief, even though I knew I was going to win. I really believed mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, so but also I'm honored I'm humbled. I'm encouraged. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm overwhelmed and I'm frustrated. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. frustrated because I'm the first black woman to go to Congress to represent Missouri in our history. And I'm the first woman to represent our district period, you know, and we're talking about like for our district, 173 years, you know, so, you know, there is this, it's it's bittersweet, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take this thing and work it the best way I can work it. That's why I'm pulling on help from everybody I know that does real work, like the real work, not the folks that say that they do work. You know, I'm talking about the real work folks. And um, and all I need to do, though, is blaze a trail so that everybody else can come in and start to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations. Yes. You know, congratulations. Your primary was... Um, August was such a August and November feel really different for me. Oh yeah, August was mm-hmm. beautiful, oh, yeah. right? We were like we fought off. Uh, let, let me say my five hundred one c three back for Blake. Uh, <laughs> voters, the voters, I uh, reelected um, a reform, you know, centered uh, prosecuting attorney in the city of St. Louis. Yes, Char was able to kind of beat back a really solid attempt to take her out of the seat of treasurer. Yeah. We passed Medicaid expansion in a Republican yes. state after a 10 yeah. year fight. Yeah. Um, Action St. Louis ran this largest field program to date. Right. Wow. And then, as we were all like, we passed Medicaid expansion. We passed Medicaid expansion to Char one, Kim one. It was like, did you just see that Corey won? I was like, say what now? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I exploded. I was at home because I was too tired to go anywhere. And I just exploded on Twitter. And I was just like, this moment means so much for our movement, uh, the local infrastructure that has been growing each cycle. And that you really represented the end of a dynasty that had really been in control of the black political infrastructure yes. in Missouri yes. for the better part of half a century. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that is that's significant. Not just that you're a Ferguson protester and activist, that you were able to challenge the status quo and that the, the people backed you um, while also taking care of our community and passing something like Medicaid expansion during the pandemic. And I just, August was... It was beautiful. And maybe I just should have known how good August was. November was going to let me down. But I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now, you know, so here we are in November. And in all the ways Kayla's saying, like, you are this trailblazer and you are so disrupting the status quo. And that's happening at the same time that in other ways, status quo is being disrupted day by day. We're checking to see what norms are still holding up and which ones aren't. So how are you processing, like, what does it mean for someone like you, this this change agent, to be going to Congress at a time that so much feels disrupted and uncertain? How are you processing all of that? You know, I'm actually pretty moved by it. I'm 
I've learned myself over the years. And, you know, I used to think I had this character flaw of um, uh, like procrastinating, you know, and then like I was I was the one that would procrastinate on the on a paper. And, you know, I'm knocking those 30. <laughs> I'm knocking those 30 pages out like the night before, you know, <laughs> two days before, you know, and even though I had two months to do it. You know, I'm knocking yeah. it out the last minute, but it's bad. Like, you know, I'm in yeah. it and I got it and I got that A, you know. Um, and so yeah. like that's kind of how I feel about this. It's like the, the bigger the issue, you know, I feel like I can see I understand that better than I than I do like you know, when things are kind of calm and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Like it, it's harder for me to figure out, you know, what mm-hmm. I need to do. But when it's like, uh, then it's like, oh yeah, you know, like I can, you know, I, I, I guess that's just a part of who I am. But then also when I look at th- what I, I will have to face in Congress and then all that's happening around our country, the climate mm-hmm. of um, society right now, I think about like, that's nothing in comparison to what that kid feels like right now that didn't eat today. Mm. It's nothing in comparison to the people that have to sleep out on the street where it's a lot colder than it is right now in St. Louis. You know, Mm. it's nothing in comparison to, you know, people that right now are rationing their insulin and they only really got a couple more days of life left because they've been doing this for the last month. You know, like it's so it's nothing in comparison to that. So if I don't take this thing and grab it and then like really, really fight for us, then I'm risking lives. And so that's how I look at it every single day. The work that I do, whether people like it or not, the result is I'm trying to save a life, you know, Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And um, so I'm like, okay, this is this. If this is what we have to if this is what I have to deal with to make sure that people don't hurt the way that I've had to hurt in my life. If this is what I got to deal with, I'm good. Like you know, let me add it. You know, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. that that is so important because this year, you know, what this pandemic has done is not just bring in new issues. It's highlighted issues that have just been right under surface level right. for so many communities where in St. Louis, people are signed relief that today the courts came out and extended the eviction moratorium to December 31st. Right. Mm-hmm. Not meaning that in the, city. Landlord, in the city of St. Louis. Yeah. Not that your landlord can't file the eviction, but they, they can't move you out right. until after December 31st. And that that's a sigh of relief, right? And that people, we're watching the cases go back up. And we know that they disproportionately impact Black folks, which has always been the case. Everything in St. Louis disproportionately impacts Black folks. And yeah. so you are, this ha- this this pandemic, the uprisings that took place over the summer, they really set the stage for what I think is a moral grounding for the organizing community around why this election really mattered. And what we are watching right now, you know, keep keep your fingers crossed, if you will, or maybe be mad if you on the other side. I don't know. But what we are watching is that it is seeming like Joe Biden is about to become the 46th president of the United States right. on the back of the very people who are disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, who have been in the streets fighting for racial justice and are seeing their demands be set on the sidelines as Joe, uh, as Biden tries to kind of posture as a like, I'm, I'm a president for everyone. Right. And I don't want to get into the left demands. I don't want to get into, you know, the movement, but these states, Georgia, right. Pennsylvania, Michigan, I know organizers who are there, New Georgia Project, uh, Detroit Action, Block in Milwaukee, who have knocked on millions of doors and are driving these ballots that are coming in right now to create this result. And so it looks like the the Democrats are going to take the House, maintain the House. Um, The Senate is up in the air. The runoffs are happening in southern states and the White House. So how... You're stepping into a, a, a change in administration. Um, how how does this moment feel for you, for the squad, for the folks who are the Justice Democrats? The you know, how does this moment feel? It you know, it feels like one all eyes are on us. You know, and it's like you know, so it's it. I feel this this thing happening where it's like. Um, People want to see us. Um, so 
the people who ha- who have been the are the original squad, and then those of mm-hmm. us that are coming in, like they want to see us come together, and then like you all do, like like anything that anything that we've been wanting, like here you all do it, you know, <laughs> you all do that, and then we'll sit back, like you know, you all yeah. go do that, you know, yeah. and then you have this, then you have others that are looking at it like you know, well yeah, we want to support if you whatever you all want to do, we want to support, you know, but then we have another group that's like you all are doing too much, you're messing up our party, mm-hmm. like, you know. Um, um, and so we're fighting that right now. So then we have, so then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, look, um, we have to look at, first of all, our individual districts, because it's not, I'm not going to Congress to be a part of um, this group that's doing this work that, you know, then filters out across the country. I'm going to be a representative of the people of Missouri's first district because I feel like we haven't had a voice. I feel like we've been left out in the cold. I feel like we're hurting in places we are uh, where we don't have to. I feel like change could have happened a long time ago. So I'm going to do that work. And as a part of that work, I will be a part of a group of people that are doing this work that, that touches the entire country. So, um, so I think that's the part that people forget. Like we gotta, like you want us to do all of this stuff, but I got to represent my, like, like my accountability has to be to the people who voted for me, who voted me in. It's 245,000 people that said yes, Cori Bush. And so that's who I'm accountable to. So that's what it's feeling like. And then regardless of who the president is, so look, it's looking like it's going to be Joe Biden. And so even still, you know, I'm not going to be the person that's going to be like, well, good, we have a Democrat. And so, you know, now I can just rest in the fact that I won this seat. And, you know, we, we, you know, we got a Democrat as a president. We got a Democratic, uh, we got a, a majority house, you know, and, you know, possibly a tie in the Senate, you know, if that's what, or well, probably won't be a tie by then. Um, but you know, whatever that turns out to be, I don't want to be one to just, to just deal with that. No, look, you know, president Biden, this is what we need. I'm not letting up on defund the police. And so y'all can want me to let up all you want to, but when you want, but, but you asking me to let up means you asking me to allow my people to die. And I'm not letting that happen. You mm-hmm. won't get me to let up on that. I can educate you a little bit more about what it means. We can talk about, we can talk about it. You can come into the district and you can sit with my folks and you can hear about it, but I'm not letting up because if I let up, why did I go? Why did I do this work? I'm doing the work to save lives. So anyway, that's who I'm going to be. So I don't care who the president is. It's not about who the president is. It's not about who the speaker is. It's not about who the majority leader is. It's not about any of that. It's about what St. Louis is to me. Mm. Listen, Corey, my spirit needed this I good word like this Friday. That's it. We're shortest episode yet. That look, my spirit needed this. It's been a, it's been a rough week, but that you know. On this point of accountability to the first district, so you're naming some of the things, defund the police. I'm so glad you lifted that up. So many people have been shying away from it. And we're so proud to be sending someone who is standing in that space and saying, I said what I said. Um, what what are some other priorities that stand out for you for the first district, things that you want to be able to deliver for the for the folks that are sending you to Washington? Okay, so the very first thing is because of COVID-19, you know, a a stimulus package that gives somebody twelve hundred dollars is not that 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 comes out of their taxes later is not um, is not help. Uh, And so for me, it's real COVID-19 relief. That is a two thousand dollar a month um, universal basic income. Uh, that was retroactive back to March and then last one year. That's a, a true moratorium where we don't have to play this game every month, every every six weeks, you know, figuring out or is there going to be a real moratorium on evictions and canceling shutoffs and all of that. Um, it's uh, a national broadband for our students. It's uh, uh, making sure they, they have the equipment that they need. Yeah, do they have the do they have the laptops? Okay, they have a laptop. Do they have a table to put it on? You know, do they have food? You know, or do they have a way to have lunch? You know, so all of those things uh, as far as like a package for now for um, and tutors. That's for the um, for COVID nineteen relief. But some of my other priorities: Medicare for all. I'm not backing down. As a nurse, I've witnessed my patients die. You know, I've seen my patients on the road to death and then die. You know, over the course of, of several months because they didn't have the medic medications and the um, healthcare that they that they needed. Um, so a Medicare for all because if we don't do something about healthcare, if we don't do something about healthcare costs, we can con- we'll continue to be in this place of poverty where we're always struggling, um, fighting starvation wages. And so a fifteen dollar an hour federal federal minimum wage to start. Let me say to start. That is where it would start. Um, also, um, um, a real um, 
cancellation of student debt. I don't care if you went to school in 1979, we're canceling the student debt. And people have said to me, Corey, now, you, now you're just going too far talking about canceling student debt because I paid my debt. And I say, look, I paid mine too. And I struggled paying it. Like I struggled really bad. And that's why I don't want anybody else to have it. So I want to cancel student debt. But then when we cancel student debt, we have to make our state universities and colleges and um, trade schools free for those that want to go. And with that package comes, fin- comes money for our HBCUs and our uh, minority serving institutions that um, that helps any student, any any um, um, black student that wants to go to a historically black college, they get to go free because the money is there even the, even for the private ones. Um, and then that also includes like STEM. It includes uh, money for teachers. We got to have more black psychiatrists, more black do- um, um, doctors, more black teachers, more black nurses. You know, all of that, more black judges. That that money is there for them to, for those programs. Um, uh, also. Um, um, of course, the Green New Deal, you know, 20 million jobs sounds like a really good thing, you know, coming into our country where we're um, where it, it first hits. It's first going to target uh, people who are disproportionately affected by climate change, uh, climate crisis, which is us, which is black and brown communities. So bringing those jobs directly into our communities, those good jobs that we can actually get, like not something like we, we fighting with this NGA situation. You know, you want to bring good jobs, but can we actually get the security clearance to go and work there? We can get the training, but can we get the clearance, you know, to fight? So not fighting with that type of thing. Um, also keeping a woman's body, to, you know, you know, um, nobody should be able to tell a woman what to do with her own body. And so making sure we uh, keep um, our our, um, um, we're able to be, um, keep our clinics open. Um, so those are just some of the priorities, a real, a real pathway to citizenship, you know, getting our babies out of cages, you know, um, those are just some of the things that I'm, that are priorities of mine. Some, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate that because a lot of candidates just want to say, you know, education, no comma, criminal justice, no, con- no explainer on the position. So thank you for that. We yeah. have so much more to talk about. And we know that you're sitting on the so edge of your seat right now. So this is the exact moment when an annoying host says we have to go to break. We're going to go <laughs> to break really quickly. And when we come back, we will still be with Congresswoman-elect Cori Bush, first Black woman to make it to Congress from the state of Missouri. Yes, yes, uh, yes. You are listening to Under the Arch. We'll be right back. And we just want to live a good life, have something different. We ain't nothing normal. Hot in my spaceship and let's explore more. No seatbelts is all I ask. Want to live a good life, have something different. We ain't nothing normal. Hot in my spaceship and let's explore more. No seatbelts is all to the island of Jamaica Have a bumper clock time off in Jamaica Or we could keep it in the states of Indicator Y'all the purple and the blue, now we're laters You know that's my favorite with that playing You should have a taste of it, I'm saying Or we could have a power structure off of this foundation No way that we can lose, we got the playbook of the Lakers And I just want a good life, have something different We ain't nothing normal all right, that STL Music Minute was brought to you by Sergio Husband. Uh, that was his song, No Seatbelts. And you can find Sergio and more of his music, including this new track and others, on his SoundCloud account. Again, that's Sergio Husband, S-I-R-G-I-O Husband. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Under the Arch. We are still here with Congresswoman-elect Cori Bush from the 1st Congressional District. Cori goes to Congress (laughs) and we are in the middle of a fantastic conversation. Um, And Kayla, I'm going to toss to you. I have a question. Okay. Um, Yeah. So you just mentioned a lot of things that are really important, right? Everything from education to the defund movement to climate change to wages. Um, and so I'm wondering how we, how you are situating that this is what a lot of people want. Medicare for all consistently pose well, right? Uh, divesting from the police and reimagining public safety, it pose well. It's top issues for Black voters across the country. And yet uh, folks are 
in the party are, are blaming the kind of left progressive wing that's growing um, for the house seats that they've lost and saying that they're not going to pick up these issues. How do you uh, how do you how do you plan to tackle that? And what are you hoping um, that with the scrog won't growing? Right. Because before it was it's just four of them. Now it's it's way more than four. Yeah. How are you hoping that this um, that the election of, of you and Jamal and others is sending a loud signal that these issues matter to voters and is what we want to see this party uh, pick up? Right. Well, because I believe leaders lead from the front. And if you if you step up to um, run for this type of office, any office, really. But if you step up to run for this type of office, then you got to be willing to be alone. You got to be willing to step to stand out and keep your voice, your voice. And that's what I plan to do, because, you know, if I'm going to compromise and assimilate or allow people to back me down from what my community needs, then how am I the title representative? And so I can't do that. Well, can we talk to one another and listen to one another? Can we share? Can we have these open discussions? Yes. But, um, you know, they can, uh, they can, you know, try to throw this on us to say that we're the reason why, you know, people lost. But no, actually, that's not the case because those the, a lot of those people weren't even running on the same issues that we that we run on. You know, so so that is not the reason why. And I feel like, you know, and, and I'm you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I think that uh, a good PR team, a good communications director, you know, um, stepping in, making sure that the main thing is the main thing, or do we need to pivot and do something different? You know, I think about how um, when the attacks came at me, uh, there was one a huge attack that came at me when um, about my support of um, Palestinian rights and my and and um, and people thought that. And, and told me that I should back away from it. It was like, okay, yeah, no, no, don't, you know, say that that's not true. And no, oh, 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 no, 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 no. That's what I believe. So, you know what, instead I'm going to double down and not only am I, cause it's what I believe. So not, so I'm going to double down, but now I need to reach out to my, to my co-conspirators as Ayanna Presley would say, I'm going to reach out to my folks and I'm going to reach out to those communities and say, Hey, I need you to come in and help me with this. You know, I need you to stand strong with me and support support me on this because I'm going in to fight for you. So I need you to stand with me. And so that's what happened. And that's what helped push me over. And I, so I think that that's what people, that's what our democratic party need to look at. Like pick, yeah. pick your, pick your things and then stand on it. But then you also got to have relationships with, with people. You can't, it cannot just be politics as usual. You got to have your coalition of people that can yeah. back you and will stand with you. And, and so I think that's where the problem, because we can't, jump up and run and think that people are going to support us just because we chose to run. No, you got to right. cultivate your base. You got to spend time with people. You got to be that community, that community member. You don't have to be a leader, but be that community yeah. member so that when you, when it's time, people will rock with you because they know you. And so that's what right. happens. And so I'm not taking that burden on my shoulders to say I'm the reason why people lost their seats. No, I'm saying if you knew this thing was happening, get you another co- comms director and that'll give you a better vision. <laughs> you know, get you, you know, do something different. Uh, so that's that's that. Yeah, no, I hear you. And and it's not only staying on this this point for a second. It's not just that you and other you know members of the squad are facing this this sort of backlash that that you could probably anticipate, right? That all of a sudden everything that goes wrong is your fault. But you also, and you know, I'm not not trying to create issues here, but I don't think I'm creating them. You also are going to be. Um, if the election results continue to go the way that it looks like they're going, it looks like we're going to have President-elect Joe Biden, who's also made a point on on many of the issues you named, whether it's Medicare for all, Green New Deal, police and defund the police. He's made a point of saying, I specifically ran and won because I don't support those things. And so as a you know Democrat party, big tent party, we hear that all the time, right? But how do you, as a new member of Congress, as a member of the squad that is situated in this way to the person who's going to be the standard bearer for the Democratic Party, how do you make sure that the perspective you're lifting up actually holds some holds some power and actually impacts policy in D.C.? Yeah, I will continue to do what I've been doing now. You know, if I get a mic, 
If, if, you know, you give me a national microphone, I'm talking about it, you know, whether <laughs> it's going into a, a written piece or if it's, you know, or if it's on television, I'm talking about it. If it's on radio, I'm talking about it. I'm going to keep it. You know, we, we uh, made a tweet. <laughs> that said defund the Pentagon, you know, not very Saw long that. ago. And that thing went like, you know, and what happened? <laughs> yeah, that made it, some news. Exactly. It got people talking. So in the same way, so I feel like you, you use the platform to be able to get people talking, to be able to then open up the conversations to get to where you want to, where you want to go. Cause now mm-hmm. you have other people reaching out to you saying, okay, we need to talk about this. We got people that I look, let me tell you, we had people reaching out to us to talk, to have conversations that, I didn't even let me tell you that I would not have thought would have wanted to even talk to me. It's like, who wants to talk? And, and <laughs> what? you know, and, and then it was this. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we, we're not ready to come to a table and talk about it. No, 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 no. You're going to hear this and you're going to hear it over and over and over again. Kind of like how uh, I remember back a while. I forgot. I think it was maybe it was defund the police, but I don't know. It was something that we were all working on and we were like, no, it's not. Time. Was that it, Kayla? I forgot what it was, but it was like, it's not time to come to the table yet. Um, it's not time. You know, no, we're not going to talk with, with Cruz and we're not going to talk with this. But we're not going to talk. We're going to wait. You know, we need to we need to marinate in this thing. We need to make sure we push it out more. And that's so that's what it'll be. And then also for, um, you know, if if they can't shut me up, if they can't shut me up, then that thing has to continue to grow because you know, we got a whole group of folks. I'm not going to, to DC by myself. I'm oh. taking the whole movement with me. Yeah, and right. I plan to continue to find folks. I've even said it um publicly. I'm looking for people that are like-minded, that's ready to go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm start I will be starting something with my, you know, once we get kind of get our, our feet um wet, you know, starting a training within um for training people um to run for office. You know, especially federal office, but you know, run for office, training people to be able to work as the staffers in the offices, training people to work as the, the campaign team, you know, that are like minded that have our same values, you know, because yeah. I think that that's, that's important. Really, we got to pull on people and push them up. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important, especially in a place like St. Louis, because part of the shift right now is that um, we are looking at a shaking of the political infrastructure. Um, that has existed for such a long time that the door is now opening for new people to come in. And even even as a person who's like, I'm not an elected official, but I run a political organization, we are operating in the space that other organizations aren't operating in. We don't sit at the same tables as some groups. We We don't play nice with people who don't have our politic, right? Today, the Board of Aldermen was debating a resolution around communism, right? And it's like- that comes yeah. straight off the Alec website. And it's like, why is a democratic city downloading any legislation from the Alec oh, website and introducing it? And so, uh, but what I think you, you represent is a transition. And what we mm-hmm. saw in St. Louis is that Cory Bush is elected. Um, Kim Gardner is reelected. Prop D to, in- to institute runoffs to combat this um, split ticket phenomenon that allows a more conservative Democrat to take uh, positions is now passing. We're investing in early childhood. Even when Lida went to the gen- the governor to, to beat back the residency requirements, voters again rejected the residency requirement on the ballot. And so locally, we are really starting to become clear in our politic as a city around progressive issues. That did not translate statewide, mm-hmm. right? And we have, um, that didn't translate for the governor's race, which is significant. Mm-hmm. We lost Amendment 3, um, which is going to drastically change our maps and reduce the number of Democratic, can reduce the number of Democratic seats in the state legislature. In 2022, we have a senator's race. In 2024, we have another senator's race. So how are you um, thinking about leveraging Congressional District 1 as a beacon and an example and a guiding light for the rest of the state of Missouri? It has to come from, first of all, building people up. My very, my, my victory speech, I was intentional in my victory speech about talking about my own ish first. Mm. First thing straight out the gate. I talked about my own ish. 
Yes, mm-hmm. I have a past. I have a I have a background, you know, and it's the background of many in this community. And then I move forward. And, and, and by the end of it, I'm saying I'm bringing us back to a place of unity. I'm bringing us to a place of, you know, where, how can I build us up as a community? You know, let me let you know I love you. I love you as a community and I'm going to serve you and and work for you. I don't want you to kiss my ring. I want you to know that I'm going to serve you and represent you. I think that that's how it starts, first of all, because I think we have to build up St. Louis and make people feel, build up our whole, our community to make people feel like they're valued. Then when you make people feel like they're valued, then they can recognize when they don't have people who make them feel valued in those seats. And so now we're talking about, if we can have this here, then we need to then we need to pay attention to who we have representing us on even more local levels. And now we need to find somebody to push that person out. So that's one. That's one part. The other part is yeah. it will help hold other politicians that haven't been that way accountable and, and it'll help them to think, OK, well, if I want to keep my seat, then I need to change the way that I'm governing. I need to change the way that I'm treating my people. And then it, because it's about influence. So I might not be able to vote, you know, um, with the board. I may not be able to to go to the state legislature and and vote for them, but I can have influence with the people that are uh, that are part of CD one. I can do that. But I do it by making sure that the people know that there is representation out representation out there that is for them, that values them. And so I think that that is the that is the way that we um, that we have to do that. I think it's I just really feel it's a bottom up approach. And um, so that means that each and every person and I start with with who has the least, you know, and then we galvanize from there. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that you're already thinking and talking about this idea of presence in the district and um, using that, you know, you have a bully pulpit as a as a major figure now to influence the dialogue and influence others who are making policy. You know, one of the things right now at this moment that we're all waiting on are these final results out of the state of Georgia. I'm going somewhere <laughs> with this. Final results out of the state of Georgia, where the, the split is less than 2,000 votes. And we know that about a decade ago, Stacey Abrams with some others took a look mm-hmm. at what was red state Georgia and said, we think it doesn't have the politics here don't have to be this reactionary. We think that the politics here can be different by building grassroots power, enfranchising folks that have been disenfranchising, building relationship with folks who haven't been tapped in years. Do you see that kind of possibility in Missouri? I know Missouri is a very different state from Georgia, but do you see something like that for the state of Missouri? I absolutely see that. Um, You know, my very first race, I ran all over the state of Missouri. You know, I ran in, I went to places that I had never heard of. You know, I went to places where they said, you know, tell Cori Bush, don't come here. If she comes here, you know, wow. let her know this is a sundown town. And I went to those places anyway. And what I learned was when I went to those places and I remember at one place, one time we went to, there was this police, the police had the street block with their cars, you know, waiting on me to enter the town. It was one street in. And um, so we got out of our cars and we walked to the venue and I still went and gave my speech to a very like, very contentious like room. Mm-hmm. But after I gave my speech, people were sitting there like this. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was just it was rough. So I'm looking up here, like over people's heads, people's heads. Mm-hmm. But after I gave my speech, I received a standing ovation. People walked up to me and they said, you know what? I'm gonna vote for you because you, you got Moxie. You know, mm-hmm. you got Moxie and you know and and you know, we've never. So this lady walked up to me and she grabbed my hand and she started to rub my hand. And I said, you know, what are you doing? And she said, I just wanted to see if it rubs off. Uh. And I'm like, you know, I didn't get angry. You know, I realized that it was about exposure. And she said, you have to understand, we've never seen a black person before. We, we only know what we've seen on television, which is, you know, you all are murderers and thugs and you, everybody's on welfare, you know. But wow. now we see that we were wrong, you know. And so we built relationship right there. And I was able to do that in other parts of the state. So what I saw is that there is this opportunity if we engage, if we expose each other to each other and knocking doors, I'm knocking doors, doors in rural rural Missouri and I'm like what are your top three issues the the common things were drugs transportation one thing that we didn't have as much of an issue with which was the internet 
and jobs. So basically it was the exact same thing that we're talking about, you know, here, but they had this thing about the internet saying, Oh, well, you know, we, you know, we can't get internet, which means we can't get a job. We, you know, we don't have transportation to be able to get to the job if we do. Um, but I think that if we go into these areas and we start talking to people and we, and we, and we help them to see the similarities, because right now there, a lot of them are just going by what they've heard and going by propaganda off of television and radio. So we need to show up. Yeah. What I what I am hopeful for, you know, thinking about Georgia and the power plan that they built out is that it took a combination of elected officials and organizations to be in deep accountability with each other that, you know, Stacey started a new Georgia project, but she didn't lead it. She put in say there and fair fight now exists. And there are so many other organizations in Georgia and there's an accountable relationship between movement and elected officials. And what yes. I'm excited about is that St. Louis is moving in that direction. And because you, what we've had for the last five years since, you know, Ferguson is that we've kind of had to develop relationships with existing elected officials who could choose to be accountable to movement, but did not come from movement. And you represent a change in the narrative that we're not just choosing from what exists, we're developing our own. Yes. Uh, and I think that there's so much potential in that dynamic um, as an example for CD1, but then to spread that into local seats and statewide seats. Uh, I think Missouri has potential. We passed Medicaid expansion. We passed um, minimum wage increases. Mm -hmm. um, we've come close to seating. Uh, you know, Jason Kander didn't lose by a lot, you know, and no. and. And so there's there's a potential that if we do the deep work, this deep work that you're mentioning and we honor we do a, we, we have a strategy that's tearing up, building out our legal structures, building out our infrastructure, building up our organizations and finding the right candidates with the right values that um, yeah. we can build power in the show me state. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Show me power. So, Corey, um, you are. Uh, you know, you are someone whose time is in great demand. We're so glad you spent some of it with us today. In the last couple of minutes, what do you say to people who, you know, may come from a background that they see underrepresented in politics, that they don't see a lot of people who look like them that are, who are from their neighborhood, um, but they're they're interested in running for office. They're interested in being policymakers. Um what do you say to them? What's your advice? You know, my advice is to, first of all, link up with, um, you know, it's good to work with organizations to get a background in um, organizing, networking, because you'll need that to run for office. You know, I, I am a firm believer in anybody who runs for office or has their own business. You need to learn. You need to know how to work every single part of that yourself. If everybody leaves you one day, if everybody gets sick, you need to be able to keep going, you know? So, so I think that that's important. Also, um, you know, work, go work on a campaign, go volunteer on campaigns to see mm -hmm. what it's like to, to be a part of that, to get some, to make some connections yourself, because when it's your turn, then you'll be better qualified to run. You'll know what's, what's, what you're in for. And you'll see if you really want to do this or not, you'll see what the person goes through. You know, you'll know, do you want to give, you know, a thousand speeches in six months? Do you want to, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you will know if this is what, do you want to put your, make yourself that vulnerable? So I think that those, those are key things. Go, go support, work for an organization or some get in the deep work and then also helping on um, volunteering, not working as a staffer, volunteer mm. on campaigns. I did that for years for my own father. And so it was easier mm. for me to transition into this role. Also, um, if you want to run, figure out what it is that you, who you want to affect. Think about what what is the issue that the or the issues that I really really care about that I want to affect and who are the people that will be affected by that and then research re research you got to do the education piece you got to get the information you have to it, you don't run for office if you have not done the work of understanding you know because even some people sometimes people will come to me and say well I want to run for this particular thing and I say oh okay well what is it about that and then they're talking about something totally different I'm like that seat doesn't do that you know um so so knowing that, knowing what you want to run for and running for that seat, being very um, sure about who it is that you really want to affect. And then go to your family. 
talk to your net, your, go to your family. Um, the very first thing that I would say to somebody to do after they've done, done, done all of that, go to your family. Hey, I want to run for this seat. Oh, okay. Well, you know, why do you want to run? Go through that with them and then see who's going to stand with you. And if they say, yeah, I want to stand with you. Then you say, okay, give me a $50 check right now. Right. You know, and get, and then and that's how you get your money. You start building your base right there. And then, mm-hmm. but you got to do it first because then you'll find out, you don't want to find out six months later that you thought your, your cousin was going to help you and your cousin decided, <laughs> it's not, you know, you need to know up front. So that, those are just a few of the things to, to get you started. Yeah. I, I think that that's so right. And there's so many people who, you know, like Blake and I, who are not going to run for office, but you can also uh. volunteer at these organizations. Yes. And, and, and spend your time being a voter plus. Yes. You know, voter plus giving your time and your resources to make sure that the in-between work matters because we have to show up before, during, and after elections. Yeah. Corey, Congresswoman-elect Corey Bush, first Black woman to become a congressperson from the state of Missouri, uh, <laughs> first activist, mother, and just brilliant and, and, and gentle spirit. I want to say thank you for, in your first week after becoming Congresswoman-elect, coming to our podcast. Yes, thank you so much. It is, you know, you you could be anywhere you want to be. And I'm sure that the media knocking down your door for you to talk to them. (laughs) And so we we deeply appreciate you spending time with the the home team. And also, you know, just uh, good luck in your, uh, in the process of learning how to to take this on. Um, We are so excited for the potential to show the rest of the world that co-governance is possible, that deep accountability is possible, uh, that movement policy is a fringe, that it's, it can be centered and it can be lifted up. Uh, and so I'm so excited to just, you know, keep working with you and I wish you good sleep. Yes. You know, good sleep. <laughs> You're going to need it. Get some rest. <laughs> Get some rest. Uh, and thank you for centering those issues. You are going, you are already everything good about St. Louis. Uh, and so I'm so excited that DC uh, and the rest of those congressional people are going to witness it. And they should know if they happen to listen to this podcast that we run up about ours. And if you need us to show up, and so yes. those who you, you, y'all not gonna y'all not gonna do what y'all tried to do to the squad four years or two years ago. <laughs> this one, okay. So thank you so much, and to all the thank people you. listening, as you keep pressing refresh on your computers, know that um, <laughs> we are still waiting to find out who will be in the White House. That power is local, and that when we continue to build um, our organizations and support the right candidates, we can we can institute a transformative vision. Uh, that will actually help our communities thrive. Uh, and so I'm excited to be in that work with both Blake and uh, Corey in the house. Yeah. Corey in the house. <laughs> Thank you so much, Congresswoman-elect Corey Thanks. Bush. Yes. Uh, we are going to take another very quick break and then be back to wrap things up on Under the Arch. Kayla, that was great. We just had a great conversation with Congresswoman elect Corey Bush. That was wonderful. I'm just excited. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm excited for us. Uh, And I'm excited that the, the, the left is growing in Congress. Like that team Mm -hmm. is getting bigger um, and that we are watching um, just, you know, a culmination of movements touch on like we're, we're flipping states. We're electing new people to Congress. Mm-hmm. We're growing um, voter turnouts, and yeah, I, I just want to I just want to take a moment to shout out the organizers. Yes, because if if Joe Biden uh, wins, they're not going to be thanked. They're not going to be mentioned. Right, right. So know that they are they were central to mm-hmm. the victory. Um, they closed it out. The folks in Detroit, the yep. folks in Milwaukee, the folks in. Yep. Philadelphia, the folks mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for standing in those long lines, mailing in those ballots, mm-hmm. those organizers who knocked on those doors during a pandemic. Made millions. and let's not forget Phoenix. You know, there's Phoenix. lots of organizers in Phoenix. And you know, maybe by the time we'll come back, we'll know about Nevada because Lord geez. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're just taking their time counting <laughs> those votes. My man came out and said November twelfth. Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> like, well, what do you think about November 12th? Uh, they're counting those votes in Mississippi's one Mississippi. Yeah, they two Mississippi. They said they had the wrong polls. They had the wrong <laughs> polls in Nevada. Um, uh, how, how do you feel about this week? I know how I feel. I was out there. We fed 8,000 voters this week, and it was sunny on yeah. election day. But we, we didn't get a lot of wins that we wanted to get, but I'm still motivated. Yeah, the silver lining for sure is seeing the the organizing that happened this year, particularly that, you know, Black-led organizing in cities all over the Midwest and South, um, Latinx organizing in the Southwest, that is, that is carrying the states that um, are going to change the trajectory of the election. And, and this is a you know, nonpartisan podcast, but we believe deeply in people power. We believe deeply in organizing um, and we believe dip, deeply in shifting power. And so seeing that happen, is is you know the silver lining for me this week and and on that theme it's really great it was really great to hear today from someone going to congress who feels accountability to that movement who feels accountability both to the folks that are doing that organizing work and to the um folks who are directly impacted on the ground and i think we heard that in what and what Corey said today so you know that was a nice was a nice capping off to the week um, yeah, I was hoping I know, by now we'd have some like we'd be surely saying this is what happened, but truly, um, I I'd wait for what we are watching is is you know some people would argue our democracy being saved uh, by the folks uh, who are often left out of the conversation, and so I'm yeah. I have a lot of gratitude in my spirit about that, and and still know that yeah. there's a lot of work that lies ahead. Yep. So listen, folks, we all had a long week. I know it's now Tuesday, but still, even on Tuesday of next week, when you get this, get some rest, take care of yourselves. You can't see Kayla right now, but Kayla's in a dark room about to just roll out of this podcast directly into bed. <laughs> I am. I have on my Black Voters Matters t-shirt. I have like 17,000 of these t-shirts now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are absolutely right. I, yes, I know. I can I'm see it. Sleep and, I, and I love your shirt that says freedom requires action. That's um, right. Action and so this. always, always love it. I am, I am yes. tired and I hope people take yes. some rest, get some good yes. rest and do something. Get some good fun. rest. Yes. So thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kayla, for doing this with me. Thank you again, Congresswoman elect. Uh, Corey Bush. And thank you to our team, Z, Nathan, Simone, for always making this possible. Um, we have one more great episode left this season. Oh, my. I won't talk too much about it now, but y'all stay tuned for that last episode with one of our absolute favorite people on this entire planet. Um, it's going to be great. So we will see you once more for this season. And uh, in the meantime, please take care of yourselves and, and those around you. And we will be back very, very soon with more Under the Arch. Bye. See you later.